Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Como Sports End Zone Podcast with Como Sports Director Nico Tamurian and Najee Moye. Well, how's it going? And welcome to the Como Sports End Zone Podcast. I'm Como Sports Director Nico Tamarine, along with my guy, my co-host, a great man. Like, there's not enough accolades. It's, you know, the holiday season is just like, oh, my gosh. I'm just trying to think of, like, you know, a ton of compliments I can give Najee. He's just the man. That's the best way to say it. He's the man. Najee Moye, how are you doing? Nico, I'm great. And let me tell you, you are so so complimentary. I mean, just like, let me t- tell you guys. Nico is the hardest working man in the state. Oh, you're too the kind. The, uh, literally, the hardest working man. Is Santa Claus one, Nico Tamari <laughs> number two? Believe me, believe me. And Santa's gonna have a lot, uh, a lot of uh, wish lists, a lot of wish lists coming from the city of Seattle. Um, like what is Christmas going on because, with our pro sports right now? Yeah, we, we. I think my wish list is just like, can we just be better? I think be better <laughs> overall at a couple uh, sports teams, uh, specifically uh, the Hawks, which we'll, we'll get to. But um, or definitely the the Mariners. I know the season's far from starting. Far, far from starting, but I know a lot of people are already talking themselves out of this upcoming se- baseball season for the Mariners. Why is that, Nico? Well, you know, and you look at the prior, say, 12 months of Seattle sports where you had the Mariners, Seahawks, and Kraken all make the playoffs. And at least in some respects, it was it, they're all dramatic, right? Yeah. The Mariners ending the drought, the Seahawks getting in like at the very last second of the season, sure. and the Kraken making history with their first ever bid. And then you follow that up with what we've seen so far this fall, where the Seahawks are, you know, reeling at six and seven, maybe six and eight if they lose to Philly more on that soon. The Kraken, you know, just snapped an eight-game skid, but that was a long eight-game losing streak. That's never a positive, right? And then you have the Mariners. And to answer your question about that, they may be cooking something still. Oh. The problem becomes when you shed salary after salary, you make like three salary cutting moves, trading Jared Kelnick. Marco Gonzalez, Eugenio Suarez. And then you're not really, at least to public knowledge, in on the big fish that were out there, Shohei Otani and Juan Soto. When Soto, even if he was a rental for one year, the Mariners, that was a trade. They could have done that. It's very they had doable. enough firepower. In fact, they had way more They had way more assets to offer. Now, whether they were willing to part with those assets is another story. But what for what the Yankees got Juan Soto for, good players, of course, the Mariners had that and then some in their farm system and in Major League Talent. And so for M's fans, yes, a move may still be coming. However, there's a track record over the years, not just in you know these last couple of years, not even necessarily in the DePoto-Hollander service era. There's just a reputation that they don't make those big splashes, especially in free agency. And when you dump those salaries and there's not an immediate – Hall that's kind of commensurate with what those guys were that you got rid of. That's going to anger fans. It's one thing. It's like, if I give you a hundred dollars 
Wars, Najee. I would appreciate it very well, much. I mean, maybe... <laughs> and like, you. you're just like, yeah, well, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what's gonna happen, and and then you're telling me you're gonna do the best with the hand that you've been dealt, like Scott Service at the winter meetings, and you're saying lines like that. I'm not really feeling too good about that hundred bucks I gave, even though I know in real life you're good for it. Right? Yeah, but, yeah, no. But you see what the you know the analogy I'm trying to make here, yeah, right? You know, it, Nico would you know by that analogy the hundred bucks that um it might be lost. It, it will be. It will <laughs> just be somewhere. It won't be anywhere. You know, every I believe every team has a window for uh, playoffs, for championships, for everything. Um, the Mariners made they they you know ended a decades long playoff drought. Uh, playoff drought is old enough to drink, personally, honestly. Um, and you know, with a great playoff run, and you know, it's it's like the the ownership and you know all the powers that be were just like, you know what, we we want we want less of this. We 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 want less of this because you know, cutting those three guys was is, was a was a big deal. But the thing is, and I want to make a comparison that you that is maybe a little bit of a stretch. How you feel about this? Julio Rodriguez was signed to a massive massive sure. contract a couple years ago. He's obviously was going to be the face of the Mariners, you know, uh, going forward for the. Probably the next what? I don't know how long was that contract. It was. It, was it could be it was, up to seventeen years. It starts at seven. Yeah. yeah, it starts at seven. Seven years. It's a long contract, you know. Um, and then you you start building a team. You add guys like uh, Luis Castillo, Robbie Ray. You know, Teoscar Hernandez came uh, last year. Great addition, I would say. I mean, after playing him in Toronto, you wanted to see him hit in a Mariners uniform. You got to see him hit in a Mariners uniform. He hit a bunch of home runs. He also struck out. Yeah, understandable. We get it. However, you want to build around Julio, obviously, because Julio is a centerpiece. We see that in the home run derby. We see that when he sells jerseys, and we see that everywhere. Are we coming up on maybe what could be the beginning of a comparison of Julio Rodriguez to Mike Trout? I, I think he's capable of doing the same things. No question about it. I think he'll take it. He took a le- leap forward uh, in year two, and I think it, there's no reason to spe- suspect he won't take a leap forward in year three. But not oh go ahead, go ahead. But but the Mike Trout argument would be Mike Trout has been playing for the Angels for how long? Oh, I see not, what you're saying. He okay. has not won one playoff game. Now Julio's won playoff games, but I mean that being said, it's been I mean the Angels had Otani and Trout for uh, for several years and nothing happened because yeah. they didn't build around them. I don't know if that's a budget thing. I don't know what's going on with the Angels. I don't know. There's a million things going on there, but I'm I'm almost concerned that that may be kind of the same sort of deal. I mean, I just think Phil Nevin was a terrible manager. If you're asking me, well, like picking that fight with the Mariners last year, like it was that was such amateur hour. But yeah, but you see what I'm saying about I mean the the trial comparison from Julio. I mean, you you have this guy who's a generational yeah. talent that you they spotted and want to protect, want to make sure he didn't go to teams like the Giants or the Dodgers or the, or the Yankees. Um, and you're protecting this guy, yeah. But I mean. Baseball is not basketball. You can't win, and actually, and bas and even basketball, you can't do this. And no other sport, you can't do this. You need a legit, a legit nine guys who can pit properly, and the Mariners have half of that right now. Yeah, and and I would say to, to piggyback off what you said about Julio, another reason why this offseason and and quite frankly last year's offseason were so disappointing and, and bewildering is that you spent money. Yeah. You signed Robbie Ray to a $115 million contract. Mm-hmm. You locked up the generational franchise face in Julio Rodriguez. And yet you followed that up with meh, right? And so I like the Teoscar move. Yeah, no, I think I, I don't I think the camera's like zooming in. I mean, you guys see that? Oh god. Um Nico move this. Nico's back. gone. Nico is now we're, we're now we're now doing a close up on Nico. I don't understand. He, These he, cameras hate me. He is the star of the show. I think we're okay right now. I don't know about that, but I think we're okay right now. Just a little zoom yeah. in. Is, we're not seeing my Sonics logo, which was the whole reason of wearing this jacket. Was, yeah. uh, for our folks that are watching. Yes. Well, um, you just want to get this is a very important take that Nico has. These so cameras are so freaking weird though. They just zoom in 
in randomly on me. Anyway, it's okay. Um, but you you know yes, you signed Luis Castillo longer. Here's my okay. Here's I guess what I'm trying to say. Preseason and then into the season of 2022 when you ended the drought. Preseason you signed Robbie Ray to that massive 115 million dollar contract. You made the trade for Luis Castillo and then extended him during the season within weeks. You locked up Julio Rodriguez for at least 10 years, maybe 17. You did all these moves that screamed, this is our window, we're going to win a title. And then it was followed up with, you know, AJ Pollock, Tommy Listella, Teoscar, you know, on paper was a good trade. It just didn't pan out. So I'm not going to knock them for that. Um, but free agency wise, you know, the one year, $7 million deal to AJ Pollock was like the biggest they'd given a free agent bat in years, which is inexcusable. And now you follow up all of that with missing out the playoffs. Even if it was just one game, you're still there. And then you follow that up with salary dumping, which is more like you'd see a rebuilding team to not a team do that's got a world series caliber rotation and a superstar locked up in Julio. They just haven't, it's just, it's bewildering. And, and I'll, Again, preface it that maybe some move is on the horizon, and we'll talk specifics about trade in a couple seconds here. But in this moment where I haven't gotten the return on the money I gave you, when I say I gave you the money, it's those fans that spent hundreds, if not thousands, on Mariners gear and tickets and parking and what have oh, you. Parking. Yeah, and um, and and they're looking at this and saying, well, I paid all this for a contender because they had a contender. This is what my $12 beer is paying for after all, right? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I didn't think the $12 beer was going to be the difference in Otani or not, but but uh, you certainly, it's just, it's it's bewildering. And, and I'm holding out hope something's coming. Well, But I, it's hard it's hard to do that based on faith when there's not the track record. So let me ask you this, Nico. Because um, you mentioned um, a guy, a Seattle native, uh, Blake Snow, in the last episode. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to kind of more on what we think the Mariners will do and what they won't do. I mean, you're expecting something. Is it something you're expecting just to Blake Snell signing? Cause honestly, if the Mariners sign another pitcher, there are going to be thrones, thrones, throws a lot, a lot of fans that are going to be just like guys. And we've been saying the same thing about the Mariners for the past two off seasons. I mean, at least I have just like, we need bats, we need bats, we need bats. And they've actually subtracted from the bats they have. And, and I, I just think, I don't know. I mean, what, what I, I asked you a question. Yeah. What was your response? Well, I, I think Blake Snell is in a little bit of a different boat because he's a Cy Young winner yeah, twice, right. and he's a Seattle kid. And so fans want to see him come home. Um, I think the other part of that equation, like we talked about last week, is if you sign Blake Snell, it lessens the blow of, of trading, say, a Brian Wu or Emerson Hancock. Sure. It would have hurt even less if you still had Marco. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Marco is just an innings eater and, and a clubhouse guy. It really hurts when you lose him. But if you sign Blake Snell, not only is it make giving you, I think, hands down the best rotation in baseball, and maybe that's where they're doubling down on knowing that T-Mobile Park is hard to hit with the marine layer and all that sort of thing. Maybe it's, So I think signing Blake is one of two things. It's doubling down on making T-Mobile Park the hardest place for opponents to score runs. Or it frees up the personnel and prospects to potentially trade, say, a Brian Wu, um, say, to the Rays, or say, to the... Royals for MJ Menendez, which is a rumor I saw out there, which I would actually, I think he'd be a good, I think he would solve the DH problem for mm, sure. And yeah. uh, him and Cal could kind of trade off that sort of thing. Um, I think solving the DH problem is a big deal. Like I said before, Tommy Lestella ends up being the DH. I mean, you want your DH to be a hefty guy. If I, What do you imagine as a DH? Like I'm, I think back to guys like Jim Tomei. Yeah, sure. Adam Dunn. And, and the problem you know? is, yeah, you expect Adam Dunn, those guys from years ago, you expect somebody 
you know, Tommy Listella, and, and I don't mean to offend the guy. We don't know. We don't. You we don't, know Tommy. It, it, you just, it, that's not screaming DH to me. No. We, and, and that was a sign of trouble. Even op- on opening day when there was all sorts of goodwill, fans were kind of like, really? Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just, I'm, I'm hoping that the Mariners don't end up in a situation where the happiest fans will be at T-Mobile Park will be watching Def Leppard and watching <laughs> Journey and watching Green Day. And, all the, and yeah. And then all the bands are coming to, to T-Mobile Park. I'm not gonna go to any of those concerts. I might go to Def Leppard, to be honest. Actually, I, I may go to Green Day. I, but I'd go to I go to Def Leppard. I'd go to I'd go to any of those concerts, honestly. But I don't know if I. I mean, and I'd want to go to a Mariners game. And that's one thing I've heard from Mariners fans. Just I mean, the off season is just kind of getting underway. Well, not getting underway, but really, really getting underway. Is that some Mariners fans are just kind of like they're seeing what's happening. They're seeing what's you know the moves that are going on. They're just like, do I even want to show to the ballpark? Like, is that even? What are we going to see? Are we, I mean, I, I said last week, you know, we're gonna, the Mariners may lose, you know, three out of five games, one to zero. That's probably a very strong possibility, unfortunately. I, I'm i just and I, I look at, you know, what the holes are in the lineup. And I think, well, you lost Suarez, so you need a third base with Matt Chapman. But but for the money that the Mariners have available, I mean, can they really even sign someone for the hundred bucks that Nico's going to give me? <laughs> the equivalent. That's going to be like I the mean, new podcast thing there. You know, that's what's kind of maddening about it is that I was making this point to a couple folks the other day and, and even on social media a bit. The Arizona Diamondbacks won 84 games this past season in the regular season, which was four games fewer than the Mariners, um, not just last year, but in the playoff year as well for the M's. Yet they made it all the World Series and they recognize that you build on these things. You don't cruise or coast and say, oh, we're suddenly a playoff team. Well, no, you have to, you have to improve. You have to add pieces. And they traded for Suarez. They they've made several other bigger moves too. And that's what you do when you make the playoffs. Yeah. You don't say, oh, this is a playoff team. We're gonna just, you know, no, like you may especially if you didn't win the World Series. If you win the World Series, fine. But the Mariners, they won the wild card, then got swept by Houston in the ALDS in 2022. We all know that. We were there. And and, and we were. And so your response to that needs to be, okay, how can I make sure I get to the ALCS next year, the World Series next year, or win the ALDS at the minimum? And the response to that was, yeah, Tommy Lasella. It was AJ Pollock. <laughs> I, again, I think on paper the Teoscar trade was a good trade. I like the trades. Yeah, it just didn't really work out the way we all thought it would. But it would be uh, my chair got stuck. What guys. is going on with Nico? I'm today? trying to like slide forward. My <laughs> camera hates me. My chair hates me. The Mariners are uh, making me maybe patience. Yeah, maybe being hated by your own fans. I yeah. I, I just don't know because I mean these fans they they've been through so much. I mean, they have, and I just I I and you know. Just moving here a couple years ago and just kind of seeing the passion that the Mariners fans have uh, when they're trying to make the playoffs here before they actually made the playoffs, when they actually made the playoffs, just the happiness, the happiness of just what that'll look like. Even that long 18 inning game that actually and and that uh, playoff that was also a zero zero game. There's a lot of zeros, man. <laughs> well, the pitching's been, the pitching is still electric, even if you are losing Marco. I mean, honestly, and I then just, you sign somebody like Snell if that happens, then it's I mean, it's just nobody can touch it. The pitching rotation is so good and they're so deep. I really just think that I wouldn't even be surprised. I mean, if I'm if if I'm if this is Najee's team and I mean, you got to make some big splashes. I'm thinking Kirby and Kirby, Kirby like trading Kirby or I think even I even. That'd Either be a tough sell. It'd be a tough sell, but imagine we could get for a package with Kirby and some prospects. I think that 
I mean, if they I hate to, make... to do it, but I mean, like we look at the lineup and we see the issues. The issues have been there for years, you know. I think that the I I think Kirby and Castillo are untouchable. Logan, well, Gilbert, Logan would be the next closest one. I think he's more tradable, but I would still hate to see it. I think he's phenomenal. Well, you can't keep. I, I think the only <laughs> as an observer of this team, the only starters I'd be, and I don't even know that comfort's the right word, but I'd be okay with depending on the hall is like is the Brian Wu, Emerson Hancock, Bryce Miller, um, tree you know trio of young stars in that order right. and comfort level like Wu and Hancock. Okay, well you got to be in it to win it, Nico. That's the thing. I mean, sometimes you do have to sub pitching for hitting if you don't have any and, hitting, and, and no, and and no, yeah and there's not a lot of hitting available in the free agent class i mean it's true you're talking about the yankees you mentioned the yankees signing uh trading for soto i mean the yankees gave up their best bullpen pitcher and michael king and a bunch of our prospects and and that was that trade was more of a you know the yankees have this need the you know the Padres have this need you know and i i even i think the Mariners and the Yankees had the same need. They just needed a bat. You know, yeah. the Yankees just kind of jumped on it. I don't know. Is, is, is it time to play for fair or foul, Nico? Yeah, let's do our fair or foul. Yeah. And, and it's just, why don't you? We're gonna, I've got a, I, 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 we're going to swing the bat on like I've got Mariners. a specific <laughs> point I want to make here. So I'm going to have you I'm gonna have you read it to the audience really quick. To here. the audience. Okay. So the first fair or foul, we have a couple of these. We're going to swing it from the fences here, you guys. The Mariners will make a move that will win fans over. And that's the tricky part of it. Wins fans <sighs> over. You're talking about a fan base that had legitimate hopes of Shohei Ortani or Juan Soto. And the question becomes, does Brian Wu and prospects for Randy Arozarena or Isaac Paredes move the needle, win fans over? Does Emerson Hancock for, um, again, I saw this from a few folks on social media, MJ Menendez to play your DH, does that win people over? Um I think if it's last off season, sure. Yeah. yeah. I think in this point, you're saying you were at fans expecting them to go all in and you expected the result, the response rather of the, the really difficult missing the postseason by one game. And then the press conference that followed that fans did not like you expected the response to be, let's go and show them that we're committed and maybe they, and maybe they will do that. And that's, I suppose the question to this, but I guess the reasoning going down this road again is, is that the, the goalposts has moved. Yeah. The, the fences have changed. I don't know where I'm going with that one. The but. fences have changed. <laughs> it's a big field now. It's you're, a big I mean, field. You're, you're, not, yeah. you're not first, you're not second and two trying to convert a first down. You're, I mean, you're not that close anymore. You were further away. And, you I had mean, a first and goal at the, ten, at the three yard line. Now it's third and goal at the 15. Like I don't you think, gotta make something happen. They're not close to the 15 yard line. I don't think <laughs> I don't think the Mariners are even that close. I mean, I mean, I so fair or foul, so the question is, do you think they'll make a move? Yeah, I kind of avoided the over? question. Yeah. Um he, well well, because he wanted me to answer the question first. That's why. No, I think I'm here. I'm not gonna go into an explainer because I, I want you to answer it as well. I'm going to say fair, not based on faith or belief without evidence, <laughs> but simply based on I still Still have hope that a professional baseball organization that went to the postseason and just missed it by one game will do something drastic. Definition of drastic may be changing from two weeks ago to now that they will do something. So that's why I'm saying fair. If you're asking my confidence level on that, it's I I I don't know. It's pretty low. Oh man. But I, I'm I'm gonna get I'm giving benefit of the doubt based on like you have to. There's you, no alternative. You really do have to. And Nico's fair foul. That ball is hitting the the goal, the post right there. Yeah, honestly. yeah, it's hitting the foul. It's hitting the foul pole right now. Here's here's the thing, guys. Um, it's 
it would be egregious if the Mariners don't make a move to even try to win the fans over um, before the season. Now, I, I guess maybe maybe we can amend the question a bit. I'm not sure if possible. Um, it's our show. Is, we, well, you know, if before the season starts, I believe if the Mariners see that, you know, if they're confident that they can, you know, go into the season with the lineup that they have, whoever it may look like, um, that will they will they will continue doing that. I don't see anything happening for the offseason, the Mariners, Snell or otherwise. Truthfully, really, okay. No. Because I just don't feel like the money's there. Um, I I just don't I just don't see. It. I mean, last year's price is not today's price. Is one of my favorite uh, phrases to use. Um, I the amended version to that question would be like, do you? I think they'll do something by the trade deadline. Well, if the Mariners are in contention with whatever lineup they're trotting out there. If they're in contention, it'll be based on Julio and Cal and you know Ty and the, and the amazing rotation they've got. Um, it won't be because of the hitting, believe me. Um, but if they are in contention, if they're close, I do believe they'll make a move to kind of get over the hump. Um, I mentioned I, I mentioned a bunch of pitchers at the beginning, um, and I love the Kansas City idea you brought up before. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I, I wasn't either, and so I, I, that's what gives me some confidence that there could be something that we're not envisioning. I just don't know if it'll come in the offseason. I don't think sure. it'll come in as like a regular signing. I think it had to come as a trade, and I think the trade that have to, would have to be is you know moving a pitcher or two because let's face it, I mean. No baseball team has can go five deep in as a rotation. I mean, I think the Yankees can because uh, I'm a fan and I'm delusional. That's obvious. Um, <laughs> but and I think the Mariners, but the Mariners can do that. I mean, there's like six starting pitchers that can be the number two or three starters on any team in baseball. And you may have to use the Mariners may have to use that leverage to get a five hitter. Um, a four hitter, you know, someone who can go after Julio before France or after France, you know, um, we may have to sign this country of France to hit for the Mariners this year. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but um, I'm going to go with uh, foul is the co- is the correct answer. I'm pulling the ball. I, I just don't, I just don't have really. The ownership has, has the way that service and DePoto have been kind of like the hand that's been dealt to me. Don't want to talk to the talk about the budget. Um, that just means that the decision decision is not above them. Their hands are tied for whatever reason. It could be the root sports reason, as you mentioned last week. Um, I, I just, I just don't see it happening. Why should Mariners fans be excited for this season? It's because it's a trip to the ballpark, I guess. Yeah, and I and I, Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times wrote kind of an op-ed piece, and I thought he nailed it. That the, this notion and, and this narrative has gone on not just this offseason, but it's hit a fever pitch this weekend. The ownership group has to just come out and say what's happening. They can't keep trying to lie to the fans. If I'm not saying they are lying, but like come out like everything's hunky dory, and then it's like and it's not. It's not hunky dory. And like it's not even just hunky. explain it. Maybe th- things are better than you. Here's the thing: when you don't speak, uh, the void gets filled with rumor and 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 stuff that may not be true. Maybe it is true. I don't know. But that's the idea. I don't know because the ownership hasn't said anything. And the ownership can come out and say you know what, like this is a one-year thing we have to cut back to we figure out what's going on with our TV stuff. Or they could say, no, none of that's true. Guess what? We're about to make a big move. Bam. You know, we just couldn't afford $700 million. Although, sure, well, it's well, such a deal. Like, well, who know, deferring. can? Well, exactly. Yeah, with that deal. But who saw that sh- that deferring deal? Uh, I wish we could all defer eight to 60, uh, $680 million 10 years from now. And I, without yeah. interest, by the way. So. Yeah, well, well, that's smart because then he'll, you know, assuming in 10 years he doesn't live in California, then he doesn't get it with state income tax and yeah. he can make more money on his deal than he will right now when he lives with the Do- and works with the Dodgers. Very smart. Very That's smart. just my take on it. With a couple rings on it, maybe. 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 Probably, right? And the thing is, I mean, think about Seattle. If you even add Otani to that lineup, I mean, are they even making the playoffs? Yeah. As a hitter? Because he's not pitching this. He's your everyday DH. And, yeah, I think it would make a world difference. Putting him and Julio 
in the lineup like that. And then, you know, JP I just he plays like he did last year. I mean, yeah. I mean Cal, I, I, yeah. Yeah. You're basically in the order there. Your first five batters. Um, JP, yeah. Cal, JP, Cal, Julio, Julio, Shohei, Ty France in there somewhere. Yeah. That's half the lineup though. That's just above half the lineup. Yeah. And then you can, and then you figure out, the, you know, you I, figure, but I did. Oh, uh, I, <laughs> I just, I'm just so sad. That's not happening. I, I understand. Well, I, and I think it, it, it won't happen in the off season. Mariners fans just, I think there's something coming this off season. Just, uh, but yeah. does it, to, to answer the fair file question is move the needle. I, I'd like to think it does, but I, but I, I can't promise you that. Cause I, you know, I just, the confidence isn't there, but I, I have confidence in pro sports that they have to. Yeah. Cause they're so close. Yeah. Well, you, you hit the nail on the head. Just, I mean, you want the ownership group to just kind of tell the fans what's going on. I mean, it's, it's a bit of transparency that I think a lot of people are kind of seeing more and more of in professional sports. You know, I speak as a Yankee fan a lot because I, I am one, first of all. And number two, I mean, the, the ownership group, I mean, and people I know, I know, believe me, the Yankees are not loved in this region. Believe <laughs> nope. me. But I always hear from the from the ownership group, how Steinbrenner is like, we're working. Okay, we want to feel the winner. We want to feel the winner. Um, and I'm not sure if we've even heard half of that from the Mariners on a show group. Nothing at all, really. Nothing at all, you know. You know, good, good, bad, or indifferent. There's nothing. It's and that's and that's the idea. When stuff like this happens, that again, that faith that you're gonna spend my hundred bucks and then give it back and give me the investment back, whatever, you have no clue because nobody's saying anything. Exactly. And you have Jerry and, and Scott and Justin doing the best they can. I think they're doing the best they can, honestly. I um but they're hinting at that they're they're limited, and and J- Jerry's done this before, last off season, saying like there was restrictions and things like that, and so yeah, something's got to give here. Something's got to give. If, I mean, if I can quote my one of my favorite Seinfeld characters, Uncle Leo, okay. Jerry, hello. I mean, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on? I just I just don't know. I wish I could tell uh, the Mariners fans that there are better things for them to look um, look out for. Seattle sports fans as a whole, actually, yeah, there are better things for them to look out for um, this holiday season. Um, on uh, switching gears to the Seahawks, uh, sadly, um, Hawks slash Mariners fans, you have to play the Eagles on Monday Night Football. Bad good thing for us, it's on Como News uh, on Monday night. Yeah, the game that was actually flexed to Monday night, which is a rare thing. It is, it's yeah, a rare thing. And, and and that was before the Seahawks hit a you know four game losing streak, the longest of the Carroll era. Yeah, I made this point off the top, Naj, about how, gosh, what a rough patch in Seattle sports outside of the Huskies. I'll call it the pro sports. Huskies have been. They're uh, t- t- everything they touch turns to gold right now. Gold and purple. And hey, by the way, for our loyal listeners slash viewers, I would just like to point out I started last week's show with a shout out to Mike Hopkins and the men's basketball team. Lo and behold, like two days later, they beat number seven Gonzaga. You shout out the Mariners. I'm telling you that's a good team. <laughs> telling yeah. you he's got a good he's got a tournament team there. And I think they're gonna do really well in Pac 12 play. Um just don't stub your toe in non-conference and, and make this happen. And I think Hop, you know, gets gets to stay for a lot longer and this team goes to the tournament and hop has a new formula, new offense, new defense and new attacking formula in the transfer portal. But we can talk more about that um, in, in the new year when Pac-12 play starts, but just know, know that I said it last week, first week of December, I thought they were good. And, I, and they have, uh, unlike the baseball free agency, giving us, giving us that proof by beating Gonzaga, but you know, outside the college sports, my point was there, Nash, that like, Seahawks four game lose. You know, before the Kraken um, won their game the other night against Florida, did you know that the Kraken and Seahawks were on a combined twelve game losing streak? <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. 
It's because only, I had, had not Mar- heard that before. And then the Mariners on top of it with everything we just talked about for the last 20 some odd minutes. So you're saying that Seattle sports fans should lean on the Huskies 100%. Well, but that's the thing. You got to wait till January. Not everybody's a Coug on this side. Of the, or excuse me. Not everybody's a Husky on this side of the mountain. There are all, a lot of Cougs as well. That's so true. It's not, like it's, it's not like the Mariners where same or the Seahawks or the Kraken where. Maybe a little bit less for the Kraken because they're new and there's still like some Canucks fans and whatnot. Right. But like if you're talking about Mariners and Seahawks, I'd say 90% of NFL and MLB fans in Seattle, probably higher than that, are Mariners and Seahawks fans. Obviously, it's a hometown team. Sure. Whereas the Huskies, it's probably something like 65 to 35 over the Cougs, right? That's yeah. Like, but so, and, and for those pro sports teams, you have all these losses and what's going on with Pete and the Hawks? What's going on with the Mariners? Off season, what's going on with this crack and losing streak on the heels of that playoff? It's a rough stretch. It's rough, and the vibes are not great. And then you have the Seahawks going against the Eagles, arguably one of the best teams in the NFL. A little bit of a rough passer in their own, but uh, I, I still I think any team is going to run into that, and I still think they're a Super Bowl contender. And I, I agree. If you don't win that game, you're six and eight. And yeah. you know what? The, the super, by the way, shout out to Super Intern Mary. It's our final podcast because the semester's ending. Shout um, out to she's Mary. controlling like everything you see on the screen. Not and, the cameras, by the way. And she's she's pretty awesome. Yeah, she didn't control my camera. No, um, no that the camera has a mind, mind of its own. Of its own. No, we, are, she, we may give it to her as a parting gift. It's just not really working. <laughs> we appreciate Mary for her. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, Mary uh, going places in the world and welcome back anytime on the show. We appreciate Mary. But if you could bring up our next fair foul on this one, we're talking about the Seahawks. If they lose to the Eagles, they're six and eight. <laughs> And in my opinion, you'd have to almost like win out to go to the playoffs. So, fair or foul, Najee, the Seahawks will make the NFL playoffs this year. I'm waffling like an iron. I'm waffling, honestly. I, I really, here's, here's the thing. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I'm going to, the Hawks, they're going to lose to the Eagles on, on Monday night. I I'm, I think we're all kind of mentally preparing for that, not because the, not just because the Eagles are a much better team, um, it's because the Eagles are also fighting for something. They also had a bit of a slide, and they are currently tied with the Cowboys for the win to the top of the NFC East, which means they are coming for blood because they are tired yeah. of losing. They just lost to the Cowboys the week before, and honestly, I don't even think the Cowboys are that much better than the Eagles. I think they're kind of neck and neck. Um, the week prior, we saw the you know, we saw the Eagles play the Niners, and the Eagles got ran off the field. The Eagles are coming for blood, and it's it's not going to be it's not going to be a great thing. It's not going to be easy. You got Geno Smith that's injured. Um, the Hawks are, I mean, and, you know, anything could happen, but I just I just don't see it happening. Now we talk the question and the question in question was about the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and as I come around to that, I I think to myself, and I'm still waffling at this moment in time. I think the Rams are the biggest kind of like hindrance to them yeah because tiebreaker yeah because the hawks are going to run into a position that they put themselves in or actually i shouldn't say that well the hawks did put themselves in by this long long losing streak by losing to the rams twice and losing that tiebreaker to the rams i mean the rams are right there with them in the hunt they're trying to make the playoffs as well that's a really well coached team um with a great defense that still has aaron donald so as matt stafford i mean that's a quality team um you can't and you know and I and now the last three games of the year, uh, when we look at you know the Hawks, we talked about it ad nauseum. This is the, 
these are the three games that we think the Hawks could maybe kind of just snag. You know, you don't know what you're going to get at the end of the year for the Cardinals. They're not really playing for much, but draft position. The Steelers trying to make the playoffs as well. The Titans just beat the Dolphins in a crazy, crazy Monday night right. game. That game is no longer an easy W either for the for the Seahawks. I don't see it. I, it's unfortunate. I, you know, I want to bring up kind of what you said about making the playoffs and, you know, getting better. I remember being at uh, at watching the Hawks play the 49ers in that wildcard game last year, and they did make some defensive pieces. They added uh, Julian Love. They added you know, Leonard Williams, and the thing is, it's still the Niners, you know, just being good. Niners went and got Chase Young. Yeah, they went and got Chase Young. I mean, yeah. they're really good, you know. Um, I just – I. I think the Hawks did the necessary moves. Unlike, you know, what we're lamenting about the Mariners, they made the moves. They had the draft capital. I mean, Devin Witherspoon has been a star right away. Yeah, a star right away. It just hasn't clicked for some reason lately. It's because the schedule's tough. I get it, but. You mentioned the goalpost thing. The goalpost has moved in the NFC. All the great teams in the NFL, I mean, people will argue with me about this, and they should. Um, Niners, fantastic team. Eagles, fantastic team. Cowboys, fantastic team. You know, the goalpost has moved forward. The Hawks are not. Just they're no longer in you know wild card level. They may be sub wild card level. I mean, given what we've seen, I mean, Nick, I asked you a couple of weeks ago, well, the best game that the Hawks have played um, this year. I mean, and I had to go back to the, the the Browns game where they won on that last second, not last second, but no, last, but that super late touchdown. And I was talking about this with more and more of my coworkers. And I was talking about you know the last the the best the last best all around game the Hawks have played. Probably and the Lions in September. I was going to mention the Giants game. That was a good game. Yeah. The defense really dominated. The, the defense really dominated. The Giants were not they net then still not fantastic and they were sub fantastic even then. And that game was a long long time ago. I mean, so uh, That's a tough part. That's a tough part, but I mean, if you're going to look at the schedule, we saw a 3-point win against the Commanders and, you know, a blowout loss to the 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 Ravens and a bunch of other losses in between and I I guess Nico the question. Well, you should answer the question. I've you can make me answer. No, I'm just kidding. I've, I know. I've been talking for uh, minutes. It's, <laughs> I have faith that this team knows how to respond to adversity. Right. What troubles me a little bit is when you're seeing the press conferences and a little bit more of the tone has changed. It's gone from we're going to be fine, you know, this is just football, to, you know, Pete maybe singling out some folks on defense in an effort to challenge them, not throw them under the bus or anything like that. Um, you know, you, and you got extracurricular stuff. You got like Jamal Adams getting into it with reporters and things like that. And like, I'm not saying he can't defend himself. He can do whatever he wants. Like that's his human right. But I guess my point in telling that part of the story is that the focus seems at least outside the team to be shifting. It isn't on just the X's and O's it's on Jamal and the reporter. It's on, you know, the fight with, I don't want to call it a fight, but the skirmish with DK and Fred Warner and things like that. I feel like we say that weekly about DK. Honestly. You know, and I and, and, and in that instance, I don't think it's his fault. I mean, people, I, I said that I thought Warner started it because he pushed DK in the back of that, and people were getting at me on social media. Like, well, DK suplex. I'm like, he tackled him. It yeah. was a little bit like it was the only way he could go. Warner's a big guy. He thought Warner saw the ball. Like, it's football. Yeah, it would have been a – there wasn't even a penalty called on the tackle. Like, right. You know, so it's like – Okay. Uh, and then Warner didn't even get ejected was the point. Like he, and then he pushes DK in the back of that. Anyways, we, I could go on about that. Cause that kind of annoyed me, but I guess the point we answer to this is my heart wants to say fair. They'll make the playoffs because I think they can win those last three games. I think they can win three of these last four. I don't know which three they'll win. Um, I'm looking at the card, but it's really difficult. It's yeah. re- it, like, this is a, a stretch that even 
you can throw any of those teams out there, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles, um, you can throw and the Niners, the Cowboys. You could throw any of those teams into this four-game stretch right here. I mean, the Eagles are part of the stretch. That's so you know, moot point with them. And they and three and one would be a, a reasonable record for them, let alone a team like the Seahawks that has lost four in a row, losing the worst losing streak of the Carroll era. So I think they can do it. But if you're making me pick something, I, I have to responsibly say foul at this moment. Right. But I don't think the door is shut at this moment. You know, we we talked about a couple, you know, at the beginning of this football season, we were kind of looking at the schedule and we we're like, OK, well, you know, we were kind of saying when you got to, you know, this point and maybe a couple of weeks ago, we we're thinking, you know, the Hawks may have to steal one, you know, just really quick, you know, somehow like a last second field goal. Something like that, maybe steal a game against the Niners, take one, you know, or or yeah. a game against the Eagles, against the Cowboys. And I just don't, I just don't see it. I mean, what does Geno Smith's health looks like? I mean, K9, yeah. I mean, what does that look like? You know, Absolutely. the defense is just just begin to obliterate it. And these are great offensive teams, you know. And even going back the Rams game, I mean, that was another one, you know. And the Commanders game, the Hawks only won that by three points. Game winning field goal. Game winning field Mary, goal. Mary, let's do the coma four keys for this one because yeah. I, I I thought about this, and these are my my genuine keys to this game. Um, you know, I, I just think that when you look at this matchup Sunday, one that it's almost nearly must win the first key, um, Najee, what's that say again? I forgot. I wrote. Okay. The first one is try to contain hurts. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's any team that plays the fit off the Eagles, right? Like he's a star in every sense of the word running, passing, uh, maybe a de- couple of weeks where he wasn't at his absolute best, but, um, for a Hawks defense that, that has been giving up ample amount of points on the heels of, in my opinion, being an elite defense in say October and, and your early parts of November, um, they were really keeping this team in certain games. I mean, that giants game specifically, it's a monument. I guess what I'm trying to say is containing it as a monumental task for a defense. that's kind of reeling at the moment. Yeah. Contain hurts. I mean, that can mean a lot of things though. I mean, contain, could he have, you know, 300 yards passing? Yeah. Contain him on the ground or on the air. I don't think they'll do both. Yeah. Like if you, I mean, if you have like, 150 passing yards and 50 rushing yards. I think they'd be like happy as heck with that. I think they'd be, they would be too. I, I I think so. I just, I just, I, I have so much respect for Jalen Hurts, even when he was in college, so because he's just like, just a complete winner just from the very beginning. What's the next one? The next key is what is a blueprint for beating the Eagles? Yeah. So my opinion is, okay, they've lost a couple of games here, albeit to excellent teams and the Niners and Cowboys in the last couple of weeks. Did they provide any kind of blueprint for how you beat this team that has looked nearly unstoppable. I mean, I think Hertz has only lost like three or four games as a starter in the regular season. Yeah, all in the total la- regular and, season. And they were all in the last month. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, that's the idea. You know, he's lost like three or four regular season, game, season games total. Half or more of them have been in the last two weeks. So is there some kind of blueprint for finally how to just defend this, you know, anomaly of a talented quarterback? What do you think about that? I, I, I think... It's gonna to have to be keep whoever's starting quarterback. Hopefully, it's Gino. Keep him clean. I I think the the, the Eagles have a really strong defensive end, especially on the interior defensive line, especially on the interior. They're a very powerful team. I I really think that if if the Hawks are gonna win this game, JSN, it has, has to, to be JSN. Breakout, yeah, yeah. I, I I think so. He has to have a breakout game, and he's been being featured more and more in the offense as he go as the season has gone on truthfully i think i mean it's gonna have to go from over the top passes i mean we may have to there may have to be some trickeration I, mean, some, we'll some some I think that i think and i think there have to be some cooking um definitely some cooking to just catch people off guard you know that here's the thing when you get to this point of season you played a lot of games there's a lot of tape available for you uh on you there's a lot of tape available on the eagles too um 
maybe people are watching that tape on the Eagles, and you know that's why they kind of had that bit of a slide. I, I think the, you may have the Hawks may have to get a bit fancy here, but I think the defense are going to have to step up tremendously because when you look at AJ Brown and 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 Devonte and and Devontae Smith, I mean, those are, that's a, a, a receiver duo for the ages in Philadelphia. And I think they're going to light the Hawks up on Monday. It could be tough. Could be tough. Could be um, tough. And I, I'm saying they got to stay level too. Like, yeah, um, this is a, a brutal stretch, but stay level have confidence in yourself. Don't freak out through these injuries. And then they got to respond to Pete's challenge as well. We mentioned he's been calling out guys specifically he mentioned Jamal. He mentioned uh, some of the defenders in the secondary. Um, they need to respond to that and, and they need to, say this is really rare that Pete's going to single somebody out. We need to answer this call and we need to show out against the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, Jamal Adams got burned a, a few times. Yeah, last it's week. been tough. And it was kind of, it was super obvious. And this is another week where people could get burned. I still like, I think he's a super talented guy. I'm not sure what's happening there. I just don't know. I, I, it, it, I, 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 you know, I have the utmost confidence in Pete Carroll because you know what? He's one of the best coaches not just in pro sport, uh, pro football, but in all football, college or pro, um, he, he's gonna have to reach into his bag, and we'll we'll see what's happening. I think injuries have a lot to play, you, yeah, you know, a lot to do with that. Um, we'll see what Gina looks like. We'll see, you know, um, we'll 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 see what just, yeah, we'll we'll see what it looks like. But uh, I, do you want to do score predictions for this game? We'll do score predictions. We were gonna talk about the Kraken as well. Yeah. I, I think we can. Uh, how about this? Let's do our fair file on the quacking. I'm not going to do a, I said quacking, cracking. Quacking. Let, let me just do the brief. So we can circle back to this in February and March. So super intermarry. Why don't you bring up our cracking fair file? Will they make the playoffs? It's entirely too early to say that. I'm going to say that the early season struggles that we've seen is because their depth is what beat most teams last year. And the fourth line kind of got thrown in flux. You know, Ryan Donato and Morgan Geeky no longer here. But I think they're starting to gel a little bit. And I think Riker Evans getting the call up is a little bit of a spark. I'm going to say yes. It's too early to go either way, but I'm going to say fair. They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Fair I, as well. I could, uh, well, I could say, I, I, I mean, as long as they bring the same spirit and fight they had in that Florida I think, game. Yeah. I think, and but the, the immediate stretch is, is just kind of a little bit rough for the crack. I think it was like this last year, too, if you remember. So just kind of stay patient, guys. Chill out on the ice. Hopefully we can reference this back. We, we told you they'd make it. We told you they'd be here, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, final score prediction. We'll just do this. On, um, I'll say... Eagles 38, Hawks 24. Oof. It's going to be a rough pregame show, a postgame show, <laughs> if that's the case. Um, I'm going to go Eagles 31, Hawks the inverse 13. I just, I they just, fight hard on Monday nights, but yeah. 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 They do fight hard. And the regular Monday nights is solid. It'd be, it'd be really funny if we saw Action Green against Kelly Green. I don't know if that's going to happen. But... Is it Kelly Green? Is that what the, no, Eagles I don't are? think, I don't know. What I don't know what they're wearing, honestly. But... Maybe maybe the Hawks should break out those throwbacks. That'd be great. Those we'll are the see. two best throwbacks we've seen in the league this year: yeah. the Eagles and Hawks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and that is a game you can watch on Como News on on yes. Monday night. Thanks definitely. for reminding so, me that. Yeah, you need um, to just sit through the game. Most importantly, watch Nico. Well, thank you. Pre-game show Como News at four, which is the show that Naji produces here at Como. We're gonna have some special pre-game stuff, last-second game previews. Um, and then you watch the game, of course, starting at five right here on Como Monday Night Football. And then po- special post-game show. We'll have a live player. Um, I hope he's live, but you know what I'm saying? He'll be live on the air with us. <laughs> There'll be a live player. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll take, we'll bring you what Pete Carroll's saying in the press conference after, as well as the usual post game recap and that sort of thing. So it's going to be a lot of fun, just like this podcast was, Najee. It's always fun. 
Yeah, thanks for doing it again with me. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I kind of have to. <laughs> I'm it kind of does have to. Like, um, Najee, thank you. Shout out, respect to Super Intern Mary one more time. You're forever Super Intern Mary. I love that. Yeah. Um, All one word. <laughs> yeah. Is it one or two words? All Super. Yeah. Well, you can. It's, it's, if it's your name, it's a, you can just okay. change it. It's fine. Um, yeah. And thank you for listening and watching the Como Sports End Zone podcast. Um, what is a week? From now, yeah, we'll do one more before the holidays, probably right now. Yeah, so yeah. I'm out of time, but I think we can still do it. Yeah, we'll do one. Um, all right, brothers, thank you. Adios, and thank you to all for uh, checking in with us again. Bye bye.